Who is the Jack in Jack-O-Lantern? He's an ancient blacksmith who made a deal with the devil, trading his soul for seven years of prosperity. But he also got three wishes from Jesus and St. Peter. Anyone who climbed his pear tree, sat in his armchair or climbed into his purse must remain there until Jack let them go. When the devil came for Jack's soul, Jack tricked him into climbing the pear tree. The devil gave Jack seven more years of prosperity in exchange for his freedom. When he returned, Jack trapped him in the armchair. When the devil came back seven years later, hoping to sneak up on Jack in disguise as an insect, Jack locked him in his purse. When Jack finally went to the underworld, the devil told him that he didn't want him around and should go to St. Peter. As Jack left, he grabbed burning coal and placed it in the pumpkin he was eating, using it as a lantern to light his way to heaven. The demons who saw it knew to steer well clear away from clever Jack, and to this very day we use jack-o'-lanterns to frighten away evil spirits. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the horrifying Hallomancer. Gentlemen, how are we all? How has everyone been? What has everyone been up to in the two weeks since we last recorded? Wow. Oh, is that directed towards somebody? Yeah, let's go. Al, what are you... Fuck. Well, you might have not recorded in the past two weeks, but I have. Um, Last week, the uh, podcast for dads who like to tell you how hard they work... um, contacted me and said that they were down a guest because Izzy was busy. Um, Rhymes. And he's also got a sick beard. I don't know if you've seen Izzy's glorious grey beard lately, but it's magnificent. Um, yeah, he was he was taking a, a week off, so I went on. Uh, maybe I said too much, which was a good laugh as always. Um, yeah, those guys very welcoming and talking similarly about the stuff that we talked about actually last time because uh, Joel was up at the... Um, the Maker Camp thing as well, so it was it was it was good to catch up with those guys. Um, so if you've not listened to that, check it out. Um, yeah, since then I've been uh, same as last time. I've got a kind of house of guests. Uh, it's a bit of a, <laughs> a retreat at the moment, <laughs> like a, a a health camp at my house. So there's lots of positive vibes um, <laughs> some of the time. <laughs> um, and yeah, just cracking on. Very busy with work. Been. Um, um, yeah, up and down to stinky, stinky London a few times. Boo. Um, Last week, I had the pleasure of um, going to the youth theatre in Leeds um, and seeing kind of what the the charity that we work for um, are helping out in oh, terms nice. of like promoting. Yeah, like it, it. Like I thought it was kind of all going to be like amateur dramatics and musical theatre, and you know, I'd be sick after like the first five minutes. But it was all about yeah. kind of the behind the scenes and what everyone can do to get involved in the arts. And, you know, you want to come and be a set builder. That's great. You know, we need you. You want to come yeah. and be a musician, a director. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Cause the, you know, we, we talked about it a million times, but the kind of the, the reduction of encouragement of the arts yeah. at schools is leaving yeah. like a massive gap, massive skills gap. Yeah. Um, and it's, so, it's really good to hear that they're doing more than just come and be an actor. Yeah. Yeah. There's more than just that. So yeah. Because okay. you're not you're not going to attract anyone, you know. I mean, even even when I was there, it was like a class full of girls and like one dude, and it was like, yeah. you know, we need to we need to address this. Um, so that was super super helpful. Um, and then trying to get on with the uh, the zombie weapon apocalypse, Dirty Smith. Let's do this challenge. Yeah, because um, the deadline is well, if this comes out on Wednesday, the deadline is tomorrow. Um, <laughs> 
my deadline is also tomorrow because I've got work, so I need to get this done tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, which sounds easy because you know you just you just forge something, knock it up, yeah. Um, yeah. forge a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, get something hot, hit it, it's fine. Yeah, it's easy. My main problem was I didn't have a forge. So <laughs> step one was build a forge. <laughs> um, yeah, which is fucking great. Um, tried to kind of put my own spin on the the, the forge barbecue that you guys do, Steve, at the, the Forge and Feast. Yeah. Um, made it a bit more suitable for my needs. Um, trying to find solid fuel in Leeds uh, was <laughs> difficult, but I, you know, I got some got some coal, got it fired up. Uh, and it's working, working a charm, yeah. So I've, I've nice. been spending all day breathing in smoke and burning myself. Yes. <laughs> um, that being said, you, if you if you find it easier, you can use uh, just normal charcoal. Yes. Um, just remember to uh, moisten the moisten. outer rim. And uh, what about the charcoal? <laughs> Hello! Hey! Uh, yeah, just keep it down so it doesn't spread um it's actually i was i was talking to uh Elio about it at uh, maker's camp and he was like he only wants to forge on charcoal he hates forging on coal uh oh, yeah. because coal's so dirty um yeah, yeah. and and i must admit like having used the the stuff that the guys in america use i can completely oh, un- understand no man. um i mean like the the coke that we use is really nice and clean in comparison but uh our Alex Pohl was in Sweden using their Coke and he was like, I'm actually going to get a container shipped over because it's so much cleaner. So, well, it's like, the, the, you know, the industry's gone in the UK. Oh God. Um, yeah. And I, I like, literally last weekend, I went around three different solid fuel merchants in Leeds. Yeah. And they were like, we don't do this anymore. We don't do that no. anymore. You can't get hold of this anymore. Like I went yeah. into this warehouse and there was like the old bays. Yeah. You know, like, like stables. And it's just like, you know, piled high with coal. It got yeah. to the, like the Coke. And there's just like yeah. a tiny little mound in the corners, like yeah, which don't nobody yeah. makes it anymore. We can't get it so anymore. Is this is it wood, like wood burnt down into charcoal? So it's wood charcoal. Charcoal no, is you, yeah, but coal yeah. and coke like yeah. yeah so coke, no, coke, there's no coal anymore in the UK. Yeah, right. Coke coke is uh, is basically coal that's been processed. It's been burnt yeah. in a in a coke oven, uh, much in the same way you make charcoal. Um, but it compresses it, or well, doesn't compress it down. It burns out a lot of the impurities, and you're left with a very clean fuel. It's um, the, the charcoal of coal. Yeah, exactly. Charcoal coal. Um, but the stuff that we get in the UK now uh, is all made elsewhere. Um, the and unfortunately, because we haven't got a huge business uh, of it in in the UK, the stuff that we get isn't particularly uh, high quality. Right. Um, so yeah. I could talk about that for fucking hours. Don't. Uh, <laughs> Nobody but, wants to fucking hear it. This but, week on uh, Cold Talk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that sounds uh, like you've had a very productive um, couple of weeks. And like seeing you actually build the forge is amazing. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing this video. Because uh, I'm assuming you filmed it as part of the video for the uh, yes. build. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Brett, what about you? What have you been? Although I did, sorry, I did forget to film the part where I made my own anvil uh, because I don't, so, I don't know why. It was just like <laughs> got a bit of eye beam, and I was like, fired up the forge, got it going, just, just heating up some bar stock. I was like, yeah, let's just make some nails or something, get it going. First hit, <laughs> just like woke up the entire fucking neighborhood. I was like, oh god, this is terrible. Yeah, like the, the the built-in acoustics of a piece of ivy. I was like, I can't work on this. Yeah. Um, so cut it in half to a 
T beam, yeah. I guess. T section. T section. Uh, cut a slice in the top of the log and just sat in the log. And now it's just fucking. It doesn't, it doesn't. The only sound it makes is the sound of the ground underneath yeah. reverberating. <laughs> get a log. <laughs> get a log anvil. Yeah. 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 It's a great sound when it does that. It's just that. Tuk, tuk, yeah. I'm tuk. just basically hitting the paving stones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a big hammer. There you go. Brilliant. Uh, yes, Brett, what about you? Well, since last we've talked, we did the class with you, Joe, and Alex, which I would say was a was a an amazing success or a rousing success. I don't know. Uh, the students all did a really good job. Steve, you can talk more in detail about it. Um, since I was kind of running behind the scenes duties like usual, it was mostly just making sure you guys had all of the tools or uh, knew that we didn't have the tools. And just establishing that uh, we need more tools or more specific tools. Hmm. It was really awesome to see awesome. I'm using awesome now. It was Fine. it was really great to see uh, you, Alex, and Joe make a lot of the tooling relatively easily in terms of like the bolster blocks or the what would you call those the backstops or the stopper yeah. blocks or whatever you call. Yeah. So just seeing three guys that not only do this quite often, but know exactly what they need for the classes so that it caters to the students very well. Um, it didn't seem like we were having to uh, kind of hack things together and go, well, you know, typically we would use this, but bleh. it was just Steve, Al, and Joe saying, we'll just make it because we can. And yeah. watching three Smiths make tools just makes me want to make more tools or more little additives for the anvils or like a guillotine or fucking anything, fullering tools, all kinds of stuff. Um, it was really awesome. Uh, God damn it. I need to quit using the word. <laughs> and it if you was, were in awe, it's fine. Yeah. Well, it, it was, it awesome. sounds like you were. Yeah. It was brilliant to see. I mean, the students had a good time. Everybody walked away with an ax and a bit more like we had a few kind of have a go sessions on some different um projects that steve can go into more detail on if he wants but between the anvils the forges had a couple of mishaps so we worked through those pretty well uh and then i've spent the last few days since then just kind of playing catch up on life stuffs uh between finishing a video the video that I filmed out in California for Ben uh, is edited and delivered. And he has told me that sometime in the next few days it will get posted. So I'm nice. pretty excited to see how that turns out because I have no idea what his audience is going to think of this <laughs> silly video. Uh, but I like how the edit came out. I'm, I'm happy with the video. You know, I, I hope it does well for him. Uh, because it's such a different audience, but I'm I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, saw the Joker, went went and had a little bit of an afternoon off. Saw the Joker, and now it's rainy, and I failed to remember how close it is to All Hallows Eve. Um, so I feel like the next couple of days are going to be quite spooky and and filled with all the funs. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Steve? Uh, I have done a lot of traveling. Um, I came, I got back into the UK like Wednesday morning, having left, uh, the States at like 6 PM their time, got back 6 AM 
our time, uh, then had another like five, six hours of travel back to the Southwest, um, had like a two hour nap after I got home because I can't sleep on planes. Um, then had like a, a normal night's sleep uh, on Wednesday. And then Thursday was fine. Went around, did a few bits. Um, I started to sort my shit out and then went to sleep Thursday night and woke up 14 hours later. Nice. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever slept that long in my life. That's so um, good. But yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of unexpected and kind of screwed my, uh, my plans for Friday. Um, but yeah, uh, since I've been back, it's just been a case of getting my shit back together. Um, but uh, yeah, as, as Brett said, like for the, the class, uh, there was a few bits of tongs and things that needed making. Um, so the day before um, uh, Alex and Joe turned up, uh, me and Brett uh, cut out a load of one. Jim cut out a load of tongs on the um, CNC and we just drew out the bits a little bit. Um, well, we drew out kind of like two sets and then Brett had to go edit. And then I was in the barn on my own and it was fucking great. Cause it was just music up head went into production mode and just worked for uh, a couple of hours, just on my own with no interruptions. And it was, it was nice. I've missed that. Um, so I'm actually weirdly looking forward to going back to work tomorrow. Um, uh, yeah, the class itself went really, really well. Met some fucking awesome people. <laughs> um, and some people that I, th- I think uh, Alex and Joe are going to keep in touch with for a while as well. Um, and then, yeah, like Brett said, Monday, we actually got to, there was a, a few people that kind of hung around, but because we weren't um, like on the clock anymore, as it were, uh, we got to have a bit of a play. Um, and it was really good fun because we just got to make some stuff. And it's, I can't even remember the last time that me, Alex and Joe were all, able to just play around uh in a workshop together at the same time um so that was really good fun because it meant that we were able to kind of like go to each other for ideas and stuff like that and and make some some fun things uh i made a tiny tiny little uh blacksmith knife for jeff (laughs) fedder because we were going to go see him the next day um and then Paige, one of the students uh did the same thing uh al made a tiny integral chef's knife for Jeff as well, which was really cool. I think Jeff's it's the first knife. time Jeff's knife. Uh, I think that was the first time that I was done an integral as well. So it was, <laughs> yeah, he goes, I've never done this before. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to do it tiny. Um, and then I made a tiny, tiny little chef's knife for jazz as well. Uh, just cause I wanted to make a chef's knife cause I've not done one before. Um, so that was fun. Uh, and I think that's actually the first knife I've ever actually finished by putting a handle on and so on and so forth. And yeah, so that was good fun. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, kind of it. It's been a lot of traveling. I'm still, I'm still not quite back in, like, I'm still a bit spacey headwise just because I mean, in general or just recently, (laughs) just since getting back. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been interesting. Um, it was great spending the time out there, uh, getting to meet everyone, getting to hang out with everyone. Um, but, 
but yeah, I was very glad to be back in my own bed uh, the last couple of nights. It's been yeah, it's been a long couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, and as Brett said, uh, we are coming up to Halloween, so there is lots of Dirty Smith Zombie Weapons Challenge things popping up on the Instagrams and the YouTubes. I have been traveling forever and have all of the work to catch up on over the next few weeks. So I have no time to actually enter it myself this year, which is a shame, but there's some cool stuff coming out, which I'm excited about. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think I might know who, uh, who's certainly going to be in the top five already. <laughs> I mean, like one person that's definitely going to be in the top five. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Solo is not in the top five. I'm going to murder somebody. <laughs> It was like, oh, yeah, he's already won. And then he weathered it. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. the, actual, the actual finishing of it and the paint job that he gave it was, yeah. Hang on, wait. <laughs> took, I, it, not, took it up a step. I've not seen this. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, like, like it wasn't good enough already. He then went and like. Yeah, totally now it looks like it, yeah, it looks like it came out of Fallout, like <laughs> a Fallout game. All right. Let's have a look at this. God, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, Al, I'm I'm also unfortunately able to do it just because of the timing of things. But yeah. have you been chatting with anybody else? Like, what's the what's the difference this year? What does it seem like uh, has changed in since previous years? I don't know. Rory is really. I mean, because he left it quite late announcing it. Because I think I think a lot of people assumed it oh wasn't, shit it wasn't going. On. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people assumed it wasn't going on this year because Rory's been like super busy. And focusing on um, Dragonforge, and you know, yeah. getting getting things going with his dad, and then suddenly, like this announcement video drops with Craig in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I don't know if everyone's kind of last minute sort of panicked and put stuff together, but I've seen, you know, as Steve says, I've seen a few uh, out already. Um, I think people, you know, different people get involved as well. It, like he's trying to push the whole you don't have to make a weapon thing again, like. You know, you can make like a suit of armor or a protective yeah. thing. So I really want to, I really want someone to make something along those lines this year. But yeah. that that will remain to be seen. I must admit, like I after last year, no one really making any um, any big protective things for pumpkins. I had a plan for a uh, a pumpkin protector, <laughs> but. I I didn't have time to yeah. get it sorted, so I'm hoping maybe next year I can. Uh, if it happens again, and there's another pumpkin protector, like uh, category, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. If there's another category for that, then I uh, I'm hoping that by then I'll have completely finalised the design for this thing and yeah, we'll get I'm, it built. I had the same situation last year. I, I changed my mind on it because I knew it was just too much work, having not attempted before, but. I wanted to do some play off of Sleepy Hollow and the Headless Horseman where mm-hmm. you would throw the pumpkin, but it would be protected, but it would be on fire somehow because fire <laughs> needs to happen. <laughs> and that kind of devolved into like, well, maybe I'll make a, a helm, like an old school helm that fits over a pumpkin that p- would protect it, but I can also wear it. And then right. I would do, I would have it. And I would, you know, Steve, you've seen it where people will like section off the, the face guard of a, yeah. of a helm you can just put lines you know cut into it with a chisel or or um flute it out and i figured you could do the same thing to make it look like a pumpkin there was a lot of yeah. a lot of cool ideas coming around but you know what like i've never made any armor before and going from maybe i just try and make 
a cylinder that fits over your head. It was like, yeah. no, 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 it'll be a pumpkin and there'll be vine work <laughs> and then there'll be all this stuff and fire. Uh, it, was, it was probably a bit more than I needed to bite off. Yeah. It's, uh... But I hope, you know, this continues. I, I want to keep playing with fun ideas. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think we said about it last time. Like, it's the great thing about the challenge is the fact that it's it's kind of free reign for people to just make crazy shit when they wouldn't <laughs> normally get the opportunity to. Um, and there's a few, like, challenges and things around that do that. I think uh, Hereford did one a little while ago that was, uh, like, basically you start with a 200 mil bit of uh, one-inch... Um, round round stock and like that's your starting stock and you just have to make something from that and you can make whatever you want um and it was really nice seeing like some people went like a really simplistic route and just made like uh like a really simple bottle opener that just goes over and goes click um <laughs> and other people's like drew the entire thing out and made this these elaborate things um and and i know that there's a few other challenges like that out there um and i really like that kind of where there's a vague rule set but it's very vague and there's room to kind of push the boundaries because it just seems to encourage people to make weird and crazy shit like like when carrie did the um uh spacesuit challenge that was really fun seeing like people's (laughs) different people's approaches to that like like oh I, i i can't make a full uh astronaut suit so i'm gonna make one for my dog or i'm gonna make one for this little puppet fucking t-rex thing or whatever like it's uh it's really nice seeing those um those kind of stories develop through something that's so simple um of course they don't always work and sometimes there's some horror stories oh what are we going into spiffing now that was such such like a hard stop it was because that was going that was the segue into the subject oh right so now we talk about the segue and how awkward it was and then we go into actually talking about it 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 wasn't awkward you made it awkward by saying it was awkward yes (laughs) my life Um, life. but yeah so it's uh coming up to halloween as we've alluded to a couple of times in fact if you listen to this on day of the release uh halloween will be tomorrow um so we were going to talk about horror stories both like horror stories is in like when people have done things they shouldn't have done in workshops and things like uh obviously with blacksmithing there's loads of of uh shit like that around like to go into the first one uh for those of you that listen to the blacksmith pub podcast which if you don't you should um Jesse and Rick were talking about it today. I say today. It wasn't today. It was last week. I only say today because I was listening to it just now. Um, but yeah, on the latest episode, they were talking about the fact that in uh, New England in the 19th century, like se- like 17th, 18th, 19th century, somewhere around there, back in the day. Um, a few hundred years somewhere. Yeah, uh, there was a, a spate of people thinking that... Um, uh, basically, people that were dying from consumption, which is tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. Almost every story. Story. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Tell uh, the story, Steve. It's a few hundred I'm, years this way. I'm, I'm asking for some confirmation, and yes. I'm just getting blank stares. Yeah, there's um, a purse and an armchair. So yeah, uh, people were by- dying of uh, tuberculosis, and for some reason, people thought that that meant that they were vampires, um, and there was things like. 
because obviously it's very cold out there in the winter. Um, you couldn't actually bury people in the middle of winter because the ground was frozen. Uh, so they would get put in a, into a keep um, and keep basically just being a building in which dead people were stored until the ground thawed and they could be buried. Um, interesting side note, the uh, all of the keeps had a bit of rope or string that went throughout the keep uh, to a bell that was outside so that you could ring that if you'd been put in there, but you weren't actually dead. And that is where the phrase dead ringer, dead ringer comes from. Uh, and, and also where the phrase saved by the bell comes from. Yes. Uh, and because they also had and also uh, some... the TV series saved by the bell. <laughs> yeah. Zach <laughs> Morris was that. actually dead the entire time. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but yeah, because they did something similar in the uh, UK. They used to, for plague victims, they used to put a um, bell that came up from your coffin to the thingy. Anyway, uh, yeah, so this girl got uh, put in a keep. Um, her brother had tuberculosis, um, and they thought it was the father's ex-wife who had died years ago, um, and they thought that she was coming back to haunt them and that they were all vampires. Um, so they went in, checked the key or checked, dug up the ex-wife, saw that she was rotten, then went in, checked the, um, uh, the daughter in the keep. And because she'd been frozen, she hadn't decomposed. So rather than thinking, ah, she's frozen. That's why she's not decomposed. They just assumed that she was a vampire, cut out her heart and then gave it to the local blacksmith to burn in the forge. And, um, and that's what they do is they'd like cut out vital, vital organs and burn them in the blacksmith's forge because blacksmiths. Would that then impart its power on the next item that the blacksmith created? Like an aubergine. Uh, like an aubergine. Yes. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was just a way of just making sure that the thing was fully burnt and gone. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Al, side note. Did you happen to see we we attempted to summon uh Joe La Iron Joe <laughs> Iron and it didn't work. Something with our summons went wrong. I figured time of the year being that the occult is quite apparent right now. I figured the circle of axes with the Alex Pole in the middle was it didn't happen though. I must have lost my uh I don't know. I'm not as good as I used to be, I guess. I think I think it, because the French version is the opposite way around so you had the axes but the wrong way so <laughs> steve i you asked do the english steve. version you see okay i asked steve we didn't point the axes towards mecca either so uh no it's towards uh, uh sweden <laughs> blacksmith's mecca yeah yeah that's yeah. what i i meant to say blacksmith's mecca it sounded a lot different <laughs> just leaving that word out that was one um, of the things when we were doing the uh the axe course alex uh was trying so hard to keep a straight face and telling everyone that they had to quench the axes uh, facing in the direction of Sweden. Because there's that whole thing about, you know, when you quench your blade, you've got to follow the ley lines and point it north and all that shit. And uh, so he tried doing it with axes, but just couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> oh, man, um, I feel like now all I want to do is talk about ley lines. <laughs> you can talk about ley lines if you want. As long as you have a scary ley line story, go for yeah. it. I don't think I have a scary ley line story other than it seems like uh, my my interest in the fantastical things that go on, you know, in this world behind the scenes 
all the stories I've read or listening to, you know, podcasts about the occult or oddities and curiosities. Um, I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by the idea that there are certain areas in the world that seem to have these like powerful areas or these powerful energies and things about them or, uh, what there's, there's tons of castles and stuff. It's like every castle in England is on a ley line or something like that. I wonder if, I doubt Steve can pop one out of the top of his head, but is there ever like a, like the blacksmith, this blacksmith shop shop is said to be something that just creates it's, it's coal is better. It's fires burn better. Hmm. It's anvils ring more true. Is there anything like that? Uh, is there a ley lines blacksmith story? Have you ever heard about th- the power of this shop? Um, like not nothing directly relating to, to ley lines. I mean, obviously there's uh, there's smiths that are legendary and there's lots of legendary smiths and things like that, but nothing that's nothing I, I know of that's due to the particular um, orientation. Yeah. To... I, I mean, there are the, like, the, obviously, like I say, the old legends about you've got to quench it um, facing in this direction or whatever and, and all of that. And that's uh, old superstitions. Well, I say it's old superstitions. It's, I think even back then they were kind of like people would raise one eyebrow when you said, oh, you've got to quench it facing north or whatever. Um, there's, there's very few traditions like that that have, have survived. But I mean, there's, there's loads and loads of, of blacksmithing traditions. I mean, look, there's uh, the, I was going to say there's the legend of the blacksmith and the devil, but there's shitloads of blacksmith and devil stories. Um <laughs> But the famous one being about the fact that um, so the devil uh, was walking through a uh, a village one day and heard the blacksmith uh, like ringing on the anvil and went over to see what was happening. Saw that uh, the blacksmith was uh, preparing a new set of shoes for a horse. Um, saw him you know, put the shoes on the horse, um, nail them all on, and then saw the horse trot up, trot off all happy and delighted in his new shoes, um, decided that he, because he was a, a hoofed creature himself, uh, he wanted a new set of shoes. So goes over to the uh, to the blacksmith and tells him to prepare a new set of shoes. And the, the blacksmith, realising that this was, of course, the devil, um, made the shoes too small, trimmed the devil's hooves too, too much. No wonder he's um, so angry all the time. All right, all right. Uh, drove the nails in uh like too far and clinched them around too tight so that they were fucking hard to get off um and uh and the devil went off in in pain um and now that's why blacksmiths ring their anvil um or are supposed to ring their anvil when they leave the workshop is to scare off the devil and to scare off demons because they're all scared of blacksmiths because they made the shoes too small once um, I've, I've, I've just got visions of the devil like walking off like some drunk bird in Newcastle on a night out in like massive exactly. just heels, like, just like <laughs> doing those long fucking steps like that, spilling like, his <laughs> kebab all over the place. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think I'd be less scared of the devil than one of those drunk oh, yeah. in Newcastle. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's loads of stuff like that, and like I realise I'm being completely biased in this, but. I kind of feel like blacksmiths 
have like because they work with fire and they work in such a dark dingy environment there there does seem to be more um like folklore around blacksmiths than perhaps other tradesmen i mean obviously mm-hmm. with like the stonemasons you've got the the stonemasons um and um it's not a cult what is it it's a fucking what's the word yeah cult. you got it cult? yeah okay <laughs> Um, it's not all cult. It's just a cult. Ah, cult. Yeah. <laughs> ah, ah. Um, but yeah, like you've got like stuff like that uh, with stonemasons, carpenters. They they seem to be less uh, weird, freaky people doing carpentry. So maybe that's why there's less stories about them. Uh, <laughs> Have you met carpenters? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Um, but yeah, no, I like I say I don't I don't know of any ley line specific ones. Um, oh, golly, I'm sorry. I know that like there's obviously towns and things uh, that have been set up uh, because of ley lines, but yeah, that's well, it was all about you know Stonehenge and the pyramids and the yeah Nazca lines and everything like that. Al, what about you? You got ley lines in the <laughs> in the old chef life. This no, restaurant, that's... this restaurant did better because it was on a. On an, an energy line, barrier ground, barrier yeah. Ground. There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, no, I mean, uh, it, obviously, like the, the the underlying stuff of all those things is like just the interesting, like geographical stuff. So, like you say, Brett, the the water somewhere might have been purer, or the air's different. You know, like you go to like vineyards and stuff, and it's always there's always like mythical, um, mm-hmm. spiritual reasons behind it. It's like no, it's just like a little bit higher up, or like mm-hmm. you get yeah. you get a bre- you get a breeze coming in through a certain valley, and it affects the you know the, the ambient yeast. So it's like there's always there's always like a really cool, like logical story behind it that kind yeah. kind of spoils the the fun of the myth, but also like I I I see science and, and nature as a myth, you know, like it, just as interesting, just as romantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you know that story is just as interesting, even though one's the fact and one's the kind yeah. of the romance. But um, yeah, like interesting placements of of, of restaurants. I don't know. They do they do have like. I used to go past the highest cafe in England every day to school, which is fucking grim. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing interesting about it. It did burn down about a month ago, actually. Um, but yeah, Wait, the high- where, whereabouts was that then? Uh, it's on uh, the A686, which is Brian Johnson's favorite road. Uh, interesting side fact. Um and it was, yeah, it was just this fucking big high mountain, uh, and there's a cafe on the top of it on the peak. I was gonna say because there's a a, a calf on top of uh, Snowden. Where you say calf? It is. I've been in it. It's the highest something, anyway. Okay. <laughs> Good. Nice driving road, though. Lots of deaths. Yeah. Um, no, lovely. Yeah. Uh, no, my 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 spooky chef story goes about as far as. Um, we were doing uh, mise en place one night, getting ready for a big wedding, I think it was. Um, yeah. And it, the kitchen was kind of open to the rest of the, the prep area. So all the waitresses and, and, and bar staff and stuff were in the same kind of uh, room. Um, and the sous chef was just, just you know, knocking down some carrots. And I think a, a particularly lovely uh, barmaid walked past and caught his eye. So he wasn't looking and just sliced the end of his finger off. Um, <laughs> to which, like, he was like, no, really sharp knife, so I, I don't even think yeah. he felt it at first. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, looked down, kind of went pale, walked off, 
you know, blue roll, wrapped it up, standard, yeah. back to work. And I was like, can I eat it? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? He's like, can I, eat, can I eat the fingertip? And he's like, yeah, go on then. So like, I ate the fingertip. And then it, it was like, it, it, was, it was bleeding really badly and it had basically gone down to the bone. Yeah. But he was just like, carried because that's what we always did. He always just carried yeah. on. Like it's the same as blacksmithing anything. You just like, yeah. put, put a rubber glove on, just yeah. let that fill with blood, just keep working. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it got to the point where it was like, the, the blood was like fucking just gushing out. And he's like, oh shit, I better go to the hospital. <laughs> went to the hospital and he'd taken the proper end of his finger off. Um, and he came back and he was like really mad at me. And I was like, what's up? And he's like, why did you have to eat it? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, they told me they could, they told me they could have sewn it back on if I'd have brought it with me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant. Wow. So I like to think I've got the, the, the spirit of Sam inside, Chef Sam inside me. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> uh, did you cook it first or it raw? Oh, raw. Yeah. But it, it was kind of like um, ceviche-ed with all the kind of vegetables that he'd been chopping yeah. throughout the evening. So, you know, there's some, yeah. some, <laughs> nice, some nice aromatics going on. <laughs> <laughs> Bits of cilantro sticking out of the end. Yeah. Good uh, Lord. See, no. I think... Sorry, go. No, no, no. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> I was just going to move on from that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, like, I know that... Uh, a few of my friends that have got slightly spookier workshops um, have have said, you know, they've been down there late at night and working away on something and they've heard a noise or seen a shadow move or something like that. <laughs> and like, like that's really freaked them out. And I was just wondering if you guys have that. Cause I like, despite the fact that my workshop's like a thousand years old and has had a lot of history, I've never had anything like that, but I, I figure that's because if the forge is going and I'm working, I don't they, like it's too noisy to hear a rustling of leaves or something like that. Um, right. So yeah, I didn't know if you guys have ever ever had any spooky goings on. We definitely had some some interesting noises and and goings on when I was working at the print shop. Yeah. Um, it was in an old. Uh, what did they call it? It was a bunch of loading docks in series, but they had offices. So it, it used to be like a freighting, a yeah. freight distribution area, but it was across the street from this gigantic grain silo, massive, massive beast of a grain silo that obviously did a lot of production back in the day, but it was just rusty and decrepit. Um, so the area was this, this older downtown Kansas city area that's referred to as the West bottoms. And it was flooded. It it flooded when the river ran super high one year. Uh, It flooded out. It ruined a lot of the property down there. And they rebuilt a little bit. But most of the stuff down there was, you know, not worth saving. So they just kind of left it. Um, And our buildings had a basement. So you'd walk in or you'd, you'd park in front of the the buildings and you'd walk up one little set of steps and you'd be on the main floor. And then there was a little half office, like half the uh, square footage above that. But there was a uh, like a concrete basement, stonewalled basement. Yeah. And I don't know when those things were put together, but there were a few nights where I would work late or at the time I, I had a drum kit and we were like playing music every now and then after... Yeah. Uh, after workshop time, we had this little back storage area. So we'd like hook up some 
guitars and things like that. I was in there drumming one night and uh, the lights in the upstairs turned on and I was like, oh shit, uh, you know, Dan, my boss must have come in or maybe the security alarm. We had a little security alarm. I was like, oh, maybe he, maybe it went off. I didn't shut it off properly and somebody's up there just rooting around. And I went upstairs and there was nobody there, but the light was on. And that was really off-putting because the door was still locked. So no one came and there's only one way to turn the light on as yeah. far as I knew. Um, Phillips, Phillips you. Yeah. <laughs> so for a moment, I, I remember just kind of standing still and going, this is slightly terrifying. Like I have no idea what to do and I didn't really want to explore the workshop because I go, Oh, knowing my luck, I walk upstairs to the office and there's a guy, you know, yeah. I'm going to shoot me or something. <laughs> and it was two o'clock in the morning. You know, it was real late. No one should have been there. I was the only car in the parking lot. Like I looked outside of the window and there was no one there. Um, so it, I was well scared, went downstairs, turned off all the lights, shut down. I was just like, fuck it. I'm getting in my car. I'm going home on the way home. I, sent the boys in our little chat that is happening while we record this uh, a link to an article about a home in Kansas City that was just a mile away from where I lived and I used to pass it on the way home late at night because there was road construction so this night when the weird happened at the shop I ended up leaving and driving home and there was construction so I was detoured uh, around this home that's referred to as Sour Castle. Sour? S-A-U-E-R, Castle. Um, if anybody wants to take the time to look it up, it is terrifying and wrought with <laughs> stories of the family that live it. It looks like a, it looks like a house from the Adams family. Like yeah. it's very tall, very gothic, very Victorian mix. Yeah. It is surrounded by a 20-foot tall chain link fence with razor wire on the top of it. And all of the signs say, beware of dog and, you know, no trespassing and everything like that. So after this night at the shop, I drive by and I have to go by this house. And like, we've known about it all of our lives growing up and I drive by it super late. And I look and for the first time in the 10 years that I'd probably been, you know, I've been aware yeah. of this house and it's abandoned. No one's supposed to be there. Sometimes they do little like private events there you know there's so there's so much uh history behind the house and so much lore surrounding this thing that no one knows anything that's true or false or like i heard they do like little private investigation events there like (laughs) no you can't do that like the house is gonna fall apart there's no way well i saw lights there one time and blah blah so this night I leave and then I drive by and a fucking light turns on in the house. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, tonight's over with like I'm going yeah. home. It's a huge buildup of not movie. well, it's not super eventful, but just those like two little things where like at yeah. the workshop, I'm meant to be alone, a light turns on. Yeah. Turns out I found out a week later that uh he had installed like a motion light or something like that <laughs> it doesn't, really, doesn't really change much besides like i wasn't there so the light still yeah. turned on motion had to happen which yeah. still kind of freaks me out like, i don't know what was moving around maybe like a rat in the corner yeah. but that scared me and then for the first time since i've ever driven by that house or that sour castle yeah. a light turned on as i was driving by it wasn't like it was on when i turned around the corner it turned on 
when I was driving by it and going, man, that place is really creepy. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> drive by it and then a light turns on. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, I must admit, because there's there are so many like abandoned houses and things uh, around like where you are at the moment that each one of them, as you drive by, you're like, yeah, someone's definitely got murdered in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, I mean, I mean Jim's place, the... It, oh, my God. Yeah, the, this house. Yeah, there's a, there's a room uh, that everyone just refers to as the murder room just because it looks fucking horrific. <laughs> but And everyone keeps saying, like, oh, yeah, but lights randomly turn on and, you know, this happens and oh, it's really scary. It's the ghosts saying the lights on. I'm like, no, it's the, the electrics are fucked. I tried turning the... I tried turning because the, of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> I tried turning the... Um, coming out of the bathroom. I used I had to get into the habit of, like, as you walk out, flicking the light off and then waiting a few seconds to see if it actually turns off. Otherwise, you have to flick the switch up and down a few times just to get the uh, the light switch off. And then the the big workshop, there's the upside down there, which is like this little side room that you guys have that Brett and Jim refer to as the upside down because it's just this weird, dank, horrible <laughs> space. It's got no lights or anything in and it's just it's creepy as fuck. And um, and when uh, Brett was still in California, we uh, were doing some work um, there, and it was me, Jim, and Aaron. And because we'd had to go into the Upside Down, Jim had just left the door open. And even just having that door open, despite the fact there was two other people there, I was like, I don't like it. I want to close the door. <laughs> I don't like but, this place. But... Um, well, but yeah. it is, it's, that's the, like, the, the stupidity of that, like, Brett, you're saying, like, uh, you know, a, a, a house is haunted or a building is haunted and you just want to like and get away from it. Like, I don't want to be yeah. near it. Or like, there's something horrible in, in that room. I'll shut the door. It's like, yeah. if there genuinely is something supernatural, like it's not going to be fucking bound by yeah. like, <laughs> a, a, a hollow core door or like, yeah. a, a, a fucking postcode. It's like... Yeah, exactly. But I mean, because I, 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 uh, for a while I worked, because um, I had a load of, different jobs and while i was between them i did um i did some work at the local uh helicopter factory <laughs> doorman um uh no night security at a helicopter factory which, it's effectively a doorman yeah um but yeah that was it was a weird shitty job but part of it was like going around and because obviously there's lots of um information that they don't want people getting their hands on we we did get a couple of people try breaking in whilst we were there and and all of this but it a lot of it was just going around and just walking through empty office buildings which i mean empty office buildings make a lot of weird noise anyway but you go through an empty aircraft hangar and like even just the roof cooling down from a day of having direct sunlight on it like it cools down, it changes shape, it mm-hmm. they make weird noises, and it's fucking freaky. Um, what was worse, though, is the fact that every so often, you get someone that would um, stay behind and work late. And uh, and because the lights were like motion sensors, they'd be there, and they'd, they'd have headphones on, and they'd be working away, and they wouldn't even really care about the fact that the lights gone out, because they're just quite happily tapping away. And then you walk up, around you walk around a corner with a flashlight because you're obviously looking to see if anybody's there or anything like that they shit themselves jump up and go fucking hell which then makes you shit yourself and then you spend the next three fucking offices walking around paranoid that someone's going to jump out and kill you 
But do you so. guys do you guys have the same kind of fascination that I know exists in the states with these um these horror experiences, these these haunted house experiences where you uh, it'll be an old abandoned building oh, and yeah, yeah. for one time a year they come in and change it into a haunted house and <laughs> yeah. walk through and everything. That's all we used to do from age 14 to 18. You would you would <laughs> take your high school sweetheart and you'd go get scared together downtown in the old abandoned <laughs> buildings with all of your friends. And then you'd have the one guy that would go, I'm not scared of anything. And then he'd run yeah. away like a you know, little <laughs> yeah. kid. Because we, we've got loads of obviously old abandoned things around here like uh every major city has got a dungeons where they do like the london dungeons or the edinburgh dungeons or whatever and they do like tours going through with all that um in fact edinburgh uh they've got like the whole under city thing which in itself is Ugh, creepy as fuck i didn't get to see that i'm ah oh, you you need to it's really fucked up um and the other one that i don't know if you ever did but we uh we uh there's like uh spelunking is it the uh where you go around um yes diving oh, cave cave, cave diving yeah um so one of my friends decided to do that for his stag do um but the day before made everyone watch the descent and <laughs> uh, and so, so we go down this like this fucking hole that i barely fit through um climb around for half an hour all with head torches on and then we get into this one the, like the only room or the only area that's actually big enough to fit all of us in. And, uh, and we all kind of stand around and we've all got our head torches on and it, he's like telling all the stories. And, um, and then he's like, and if you turn your, uh, headlights off, you can see how long it takes for your eyes to adjust. So of course everyone turns their headlights off. No one can see a thing because there is no light down there. So it doesn't matter how big your pupils get, you're never going to see anything. And then just from the, back one person just makes the weird clicking noise that the things from the, the thing do. <laughs> oh, God. it was fucking brilliant because everyone shit himself especially the stag who fell over and nearly broke his ankle oh perfect. And, uh, yeah and then the lights came back on and we had to head back a bit early because he was in a lot of pain i i have to ask this because you just brought up the movie thing but are you do either of you guys actually like horror films nope, like I the i love the descent okay because I think it was more like an action yeah. film. Like, I, yeah. I'm so fucking bored of like family in a house movie. Yeah. Uh, small girl family in a house movie. It's like, it, there's nothing scary about it. Yeah. It's just going through the motions. I yeah. like the, I like the fear of like unpredictability and unexpected and yeah. kind of, you know, as more much people cerebral. Talk, yeah, yeah. As much people talk about the, you know, the Blair Witch, the fact that, you know, the ending where you oh. just, it's just like, it was so bizarre and you don't yeah. know what's going on. And like it, it, it leaves you thinking what's going on more yeah. than seeing Jeepers Creepers. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, they, they, they showed him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I do enjoy the genre, but, you know, I much prefer the, the cerebral, creepy, you yeah. know, alien where you don't see anything for yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, this is just, I'm just stressed. I'm just yeah. fucking stressed the entire time. This is, <laughs> you know, I. Well, I brought it up because it's. I feel the same way. I, I don't really seek out horror films nowadays because it, it just seems more like gore or, yeah. you know, overtly, overtly uh, gory and the, 
yeah. jump cuts and it's you only get to see a half second. See, it's scary because you don't really get to see what happened. Yeah. You're like, no, you I know what happened yeah. because you showed a knife and a person's throat and bleh, whatever. Yeah. But Steve made me think of it when he um referenced to like turning all the lights off because a noise like the creepy noise in the airplane yeah. hangar is what will get you you know it's yeah, not the yeah, visual yeah, yeah. of it it's the oh, okay, it's yeah. those little sensory mm-hmm. things that happen when you can't see what's making the noise like we need we need to be able to equate that noise with the rattling roof yeah rather than that has got to be a gigantic monster that's coming to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and when you know when you're when you're really little and you i'm sure you guys know that same feeling because i think everybody experiences it because we are human but the first time that you have to like walk from uh, you know 20 yards away from your house and it's pitch black at night and there's no lights on and you're a kid and you're just like this is the scariest 20 yards <laughs> of my life everything's out to kill me right now and all the noises yeah. are scaring me do you know what the worst noise to hear is when you're especially like i mean brett i i'm sure you we're kind of used to this when you're in a rural area and there's no one around for fucking miles. And like you say, you, you're just away from the house. And is, it the Ro- distance, is it, is it Rosie Perez? No. Oh. <laughs> in the distance, you just hear foxes having sex. Oh God. <laughs> what because a fucking they, horrific noise that is. They that scream is like Perez. someone killing a woman. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. <laughs> It's the most we had, blood-curdling scream ever. We had bobcats, and at one point there was a mountain lion. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember the the mountain lion story that happened when we were younger, and it was uh, we had a couple of bobcats. The mountain lion was further away from us, but we had a couple of bobcats come through. And where my parents' house is, uh, it's surrounded by a lot of farms and fields and and some hilly areas with a lot of game. Um, And so the bobcat, you could hear him at night. It would just be this, you know, they have a really, really creepy sounding growl or scream or whatever the hell it was. Um, That sounded like a terrified woman up in, you know, the field that we had always heard stories about. That's where people go and kill each other is up in the creepy field over there. That stuff always freaked me out. The, I thought you were going to lead up, or I was going to try and interject. Of you know what the creepiest sound is to hear out in the middle of nothingness in the rural areas is just from the distance. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> talking of, talking of rural um, game and animals, um, I, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, a, a dude this week who's been helping helping out with uh, my friends that are staying here and, and, and kind of helping us cope. Um, and this guy is like ex military, like special forces, yeah, like absolute fucking, you know, legend, hard as nails, you know, like tactical, um, you know, about as kind of literal as you get. Yeah. Um, and he's, he, after he left the army, he, one of the jobs he got was um, like patrolman, like, like yeah. security guard. And this, there was an old stately home in the middle of nowhere in Scotland. And basically I think the dude um, was like eccentric and went missing and he was really, he was really old and like the, the, the estate was worth loads and um, there was no like heirs that they knew of. Yeah. So basically like they, they didn't want this, this property to like either get squatters 
yeah or get repossessed and go into like you know just like go to the government or the council or whatever so he was paid like a fortune to go up there but there was no electricity there was no you know this was like in the, in the i think it was like in the late 90s as well so there's no yeah. internet there's no there's no running water there's nothing there's no services going in this house uh no gas in this basically in this like state a bit like like mr burns's house yeah with like a big long drive <laughs> and nothing there so he's there on his own but like he didn't you know he didn't care he's used to like you know, camping for ages, and he, you yeah, know, yeah. he he's like a bushman and knew all the craft and stuff. So he, like, this was like nothing to him. Yeah. Um, but he was up there with two Dobermans and like a shotgun. It was just yeah. like class, you know, like a Skyfall. Yeah. Is basically I was like gonna that. say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he and he's up there, and he, his job was just to walk around the building, you yeah. know, with a flashlight, like you were doing, Steve, around the offices, just walk around yeah. with the dogs, uh, and that was it, you know. And he, he just got that, he just got a salary for that, and I think he was there for a year. Jesus. Yeah, um, so lived there, you know, supplies, got everyone, um, yeah. camp stove. And he'd heard all the stories about this place and this property and stuff. And, and because it had been abandoned, everything yeah. was still like as it was being used. Yeah. And so there was like, you know, like a weird kid's room with like clothes out. And, yeah. you know, the kitchen stuff was all kind of relatively like as if it had just been left like halfway through a meal. Yeah. Um, and like that was creepy enough, but then he's, he's, he says he was walking with the Dobermans down this corridor, and I was like, Are "You just telling me that like the plot of Resident Evil, the game?" <laughs> and I just suspected it, you know, like something to smash through the window. Yeah, and he's like, "No, but like he was walking, and the dogs just stopped. They just stopped still in the corridor and wouldn't go any further, and like yeah. probably like backed behind him." Yeah. Like two two massive Dobermans, oh, and 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 they, they just stopped and like went behind him and were just like like whimpering and panicking. Yeah, and he was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And like he he, he walked towards the door and the door had been closed and he'd left yeah. it open because he was doing the he was doing the rounds. Yeah. So like, well, how was the door closed? Like you know, it wasn't a windy night. There wasn't any drafts or anything. And it's yeah. like some you know big heavy fucking door, like internal like oak door. Yeah. And so. He fucking get he, he goes to the door, opens it, and then like behind the door, there's a pair of like kids' shoes. Fuck. Have been placed behind the door. Oh. And he's like, oh fucking hell. And so he's like, obviously someone's fucking with me. Yeah. And so like he, he goes and puts this, he just like hoys the shoes like back in the kids' room, like, you know, one yeah. one in the room, one in the other room. Yeah. And so then he just like does the rounds around the house, can't find fucking anything, you know. There's no sign of it, and he's obviously like, you know, he's like military, so he can like yeah. hear shit, knows to check for signs, you know. And as he gets back round the house after doing a lap, the shoes are back outside the door again. Fuck. And he's just like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I think like a week later, he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing though is I would much rather camp in the arse end of nowhere in a fucking in the woods yeah. than some old creepy abandoned house like oh it's like it's like brett saying it's like the, it being a building or it having history yeah. or having stories it's like an epicenter for for creepy shit like middle yeah. of the woods there'd be nothing yeah exactly you know just like oh it's as if like rivers and wind and stuff just wash all that away yeah but but it being a container is like a vessel for something yeah yeah all that stuff stays stays contained inside the yeah Tower Castle, if anybody looks it up, uh, it's got a lot of interesting stories behind it. But honestly, I've heard everything from like the dad went crazy and killed the entire family yeah. or <laughs> the mother of the family hung herself in the in the bell tower, like the top tower of the yeah. castle. Right. Um, 
or that they were holding seances and there were sacrifices being made and that there is like a sub basement. If you're able to get inside that there's like a, a crypt sub basement, but then somebody said it's, it's not actually a sub basement. It's actually old underground railroad that goes to the river so that they yeah, can ferry yeah. people in and out. <laughs> and you're like, well, how the, how do you know that there's a tunnel to the river <laughs> and you're telling me I'm wrong because it's not the, the crypt. Yeah. None of me, none of, nobody's been inside. Yeah. Nobody has any like legitimate information about this place, but it's now just become this, this vessel, like Al said, of it just carries all of these stories and it, you know, it gets fed or it gets built up a little bit over time. But it, even if it's made up, that's got to start from somewhere, you know, whatever <laughs> the original stories were, if it just was like, I think the guy went crazy and killed his family. Yeah. Everything else that got attached to it after that, whether it's made <laughs> up or not, just yeah. makes this makes this creepy little building in the middle of downtown Kansas City that like otherwise you would never see because yeah. it's just surrounded by normal neighborhood. Uh the one thing I've always been interested in is uh there's always there's two houses that exist on the other side of the street from Sour Castle because it's on this kind of crook in the road. Yeah. Um, those houses, it's always been played up that like, you can't live there very long. Like weird shit starts happening. (laughs) And people always say it because those houses kind of turn over pretty often. Um, it doesn't seem like they maintain residency for that long. So I think that's just built into being like, no man, like everybody's got to get out of there because it's too scary. (laughs) Like, or it could just be people moving. Those houses are small and like off (laughs) the beaten path. But I, I love that it's become this one that you would never hear about it if you didn't either follow kind of the oddities or the, the occult stuff, or I think there is uh Atlas Obscura stuff about Sour Castle. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm fascinated by those. And I, I love that way of thinking Al, where it's being out in, in the middle of the woods or somewhere you've never been before where it's cold or there's a bit of a breeze and it's making some weird sounds amongst the trees or reeds on a lake, you know, when they kind of whistle and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot different than walking into a 400-year-old structure of some sort that's been, you know, kind of abandoned. Like, it is instantly more terrifying because of yeah, because what I mean, the humanistic presence yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and yeah absolutely. Is- you can because with when you're outside you can you can kind of attribute those weird noises and sounds to to wind or to animals or whatever I but, hate have, you. <laughs> but when it happens inside Shut of four walls it's it's fucking creepy i mean there was a uh and and like you say people just have a a need almost to to give uh old places like these stories and make shit up about them like there's a uh there was an old um lunatic asylum uh near where my um nan lived and she actually worked there as a <laughs> no, not related yeah <laughs> uh she, she worked there as a seamstress and um and the amount of stories that i heard about uh that place not from her just from like other people that lived nearby and and it was it was ridiculous the amount of shit that would come out about it and like people going oh yeah you know there's if you look in the there's padded cells and there's blood on the walls and all this I'm like that's a brown stain it's probably shit um <laughs> like and people just like they they just take these little facts and they just blow them out of proportion um you, but so, sorry yeah you yeah, go 
Well, I was going to say, is that just because we all, it's it's the fascination in the, what we don't know, or we, we have to equate, you know, we've talked yeah. about this a few times before, like, I have to, I have to have an answer for that thing. Yeah. So whether it's being made up or not, it's just the, the fascination with the unknown. Yeah. I, I've, I'm, I'm finding like, the older I get as I progress through life, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the opposite. It's the stuff that like is factual that is more terrifying so like the, the the unknown, it's just like oh well, it could be anything. Yeah. But you know, like the the little the creepy fungus thing that attacks ants. Yeah. Grow, oh, yeah, like, yeah. 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 Like oh, that is me. the most fucking terrifying thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it can control your brain and make you go places and do things. Yeah. Until you die, and then and it's like fucking hell. That's worse than any horror story. Yeah. You know, because watching it's real. Yeah, watching like Chernobyl is the fucking yeah. scariest TV series I've ever seen. Scarier than any fucking horror film. Because it was yeah. like, this was happening. This was real. Yeah. And it was, all it was was just basic fucking physics and chemistry. Yeah. And it's like, this is terrifying. And there's nothing yeah. we could do about it. And like, it didn't, there was no demon yeah. or like yeah. hell's gate opened or anything like that. It was just that basic fucking fundamental principles of, of the universe. Yeah. And it was fucking terrifying. Yeah. So, no, like, I, the, it's it's it, the things with the fucking facts are more scary to me now than the like the crazy unknown. But uh, yeah, I, I think that a lot of that though is because, like, say you you apply a logical brain to it. It's like, yeah. uh, it it's not a demon. It's just some wind. I mean, it's like like uh, your. Story but then that's is- worse. But then the wind is like the wind can be going two hundred and fifty miles an hour. And well, yeah, 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 yeah. Rip a building in half. It's like, <laughs> oh fuck, it's worse than the thing you made up. But. <laughs> But I think, like, because uh, your story about um, uh, the your military mate, like, um, with uh, with the dogs, I think one of the reasons why that gets creepy is because the dogs reacted to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you don't know what the dogs are reacting to. Like, it it could have been anything. They could have just smelt something. They could have seen something. You know. <laughs> but but again, your head then starts playing with it. And like, I think being alone in a building and hearing something is nowhere near as scary as being alone in a building and the dog hearing something the dog reacting <laughs> oh yeah because then you're like oh, oh fuck so what, what is that like back, yeah. back at the farm the amount of times that we'd have or I, i'd be alone in the house the dogs would be there and the dog would just suddenly wake up and just stare out of the window into the black nothingness of of outside and i'm just like what can you see <laughs> knowing full well the dog had probably just farted and woken itself up there you like, go it's, but it's yeah. more fun to think of it the other way. I yeah. I got to jump in about the, the realism of things and how terrifying <laughs> Chernobyl. I remember when I first started uh, reading about it and hearing the stories that came out of it, the most interesting thing to me was the elephant's foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, it's, it's beyond terrifying. Yeah. Just as a thing that was created by... Yeah you know science and and physics like al was saying but um i've got it i've got the photo uh that i remember looking at on the screen right now and there's a little uh there's a little blurb underneath it and if you don't know what the elephant's foot is it's this giant mass of reactor core that is like still hot and is hundreds of tons and it's just this thing that yeah was created in in the worst way possible. So uh, the blurb underneath it says, the photo above is the closest humanity has ever come to creating Medusa. If you were to look at this, 
you would die instantly. End of story. The image of this reactor core lava formation in the basement of Chernobyl nuclear plant is called an elephant's foot and weighs hundreds of tons, but is only a couple of meters across. Oh, and regarding the Medusa thing, this picture was taken through a mirror around the corner of the hallway because the wheeled camera they sent up to take the pictures was destroyed by the radiation. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how fucking terrifying is that? Yeah. And then somebody goes, hey, you want to go walk around? I've heard they've opened up some areas. Of it. You're like, no! <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the thing, though, is whether it's, um, whether it's uh, something that we've, we've made up um, and, and we've made the story behind it, like, like an abandoned castle or abandoned house that we've, we've made these stories up, or whether it's something like the elephant's foot that we've actually made. Some of the scariest things out there uh, are things that humanity has made. And that is not spiffing. People that we think that are spiffing. Uh, what is the order then? Abs. Abs. Uh, which means that Al, you are first. Yeah, so Steve, you kind of touched on it. Um, my idea of a not spiffing place slash scenario is fucking potholing. I can't think <laughs> of anything more like unnecessary and pointless. Like I think I've told you guys before about this fear of um, of going up Everest, not because it's cold or it's high mm. or it's deadly. I've got this fear of like not being able to continue. Yeah. So like once you get there, there's nowhere higher to go, and like it's like this this weird like fractal in my head where you can't get any higher and you just keep going around in this weird little circle at the top of Everest. Yeah. And I can't like I can't climb the ladder, I can't go any higher. Like yeah. getting to the top of like it always stressed me out getting to the top of a tree as a kid. Because I was like, I want to keep climbing, but I can't. And it's like it was just there's this weird fear of mine. And potholing yeah. is like that. It's like go down that fucking tunnel and you've just got to take it on blind faith that you can get through. Yeah. And I'm like, but there's no end. There's no point. There's no, like, it's not the claustrophobia that bothers me. Like, I, I that's quite, like, comforting to me. Whatever yeah. the opposite of claustrophobic, agoraphobic, I don't know. Um, but, like, there's just this nonsense. Like, you know, when Ash goes in the fucking tunnel in Alien, Alien 3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. they weld him in, and it's to get yeah. to the to the other end of the tunnel. And yeah. it's just like, it's like, oh, God. Like, what if it just gets narrower and narrower and narrower? Yeah, until until I'm just stuck, and then there's no way back. And it's like, why? Why would you do that? Why is this thing being invented? I hate it. <laughs> fuck off. Potholing can fuck yeah. off. It's not spiffing. See, pot potholing. I don't mind. My big fear of potholing is uh, that halfway down or like halfway along, uh, suddenly the uh, light, the headlight breaks, or just like stops working. No, that doesn't bother me. The dark's fine. It's the fucking thing collapsing, or we're uh, just being stuck. I mean, not going to go any further. Yeah, but that, that's what I mean, though, is, like, if it's not, like, being in the dark. It's if the torch breaks, then how the fuck do I get back? Just beep, beep, beep. <laughs> get up. Just just climb up. You're, you're underground. You can only go up. Yeah, but it, it doesn't work like that because you go... Exactly, because it's yeah. stupid. <laughs> uh, Brett, you're next. Oh, all right. God, that was way better than picking a specific place, Al. That's not fair. <laughs> um, 
shit. (laughs) (laughs) You can't change it now. Oh, but I want to so bad. (laughs) You know what? I've I've talked about it too many times uh, throughout the episode, so I'm going to shift what I was initially talking about. But I want to go into the basement of Sour Castle because I think there is a basement. I want to know what that looks like but it is terrifying and all of the stories revolving around that house because it is local to me and we don't really have a lot of that stuff where, where I grew up. There's just not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of the occult or any of the dark things besides just general people being terrible and slavery and all that stuff existing back here today. Um, we don't have a lot of the dark mysticism in and around Kansas city. So, that, for as long as I can remember, has always been like the scariest place in where I grew up. And it was a draw. It's like, I want to be there. I yeah. want to see and I want to know the answer to it. But in a very similar fashion, it's like, if there is this tunnel that's been discussed or a crypt beneath it, do I? what happens if I go down there and I can't get out? Yeah. Or I go to the end of this tunnel and realize that it's, it collapses because there's a rainstorm and it floods and it is, it is going down to the river because the Kansas city river is right there or the Missouri river is right there. But do I just go to the end, have the answer to my question and then that's it. Like I can't go back. That is a terrifying idea. I want (laughs) to go there and experience the truth. The truth is out there, but it's also fucking terrifying. And I don't really want to walk into a creepy Victorian house that's going to eat me alive and never let me back out. <laughs> that's understandable. Yeah. So Sour Castle is intriguing, but not spiffing. You've, you've, yeah. you've, obviously, it's like through watching horror films and like the Adams Family and all this stuff, but there's a specific like type of architecture in America where like Sour Castle included. It's like kind of yeah. thin and tall. Yeah, it doesn't make and, any like, sense. The, pro- the proportions are all wrong and you're like, this is making me uncomfortable just looking at it. Like somebody <laughs> deliberately build this building to look creepy as fuck. Yes, yeah. it it feels as if from from twenty or thirty feet away, which is as close as you can get by the fence, it looks like I wouldn't fit through the door. Yeah. But just walking straight through it, like I'd actually have to kind of turn sideways to get through <laughs> it. And I'm not I'm not a huge person by any means, but everything about it seems thin and tall yeah. and awkward. Yeah. So it seems uncomfortable, and to know. There was a family in there, regardless of the stories that came out of it. Uh, people lived there for a period of time. I want to know what the inside looks like, but there are no pictures of what the inside looks like. <laughs> it is such a confusing place. And it's in the middle of Kansas City. This isn't out in the middle of nothingness. It's not, you know, like we can't take pictures of it because there's too much bad inside or there's radiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just there. You can see it from the street. It is attainable in a way but surrounded by mysticism. So it's, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking uncomfortable just to look at. So I want to be inside of it. That's yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to go next, but I kind of want to link into that because I'm the same. Like there's, I'm less, I don't want to go there and I'm more, I want to go there and I want to see what it's like. I want to see it with my own eyes. Um, But I mean, for, for me, I'm, like I think we've touched on it in, in previous episodes. I'm not uh, an overly 
spiritual person as such. So like some somewhere having um uh history behind it, like, oh that's where the witches congregate or whatever. Like that that sort of thing doesn't particularly scare me. It uh it intrigues me. Um but there's lots of uh of places where um where humans have uh done horrible things and that's kind of that's more what uh intrigues me and that's more what freaks me out but and but a lot of those places again you kind of you know i want to go and not in a um not in a touristy kind of way just like go and look just like yeah yeah like i don't want to go and take a selfie just for that i i want to go and i want to see these places i want to experience it and and at the same time i don't because i i understand a lot of those uh experiences will stay with me um but i mean there's there's too many of of them to choose i mean there's like even something like um being able to see the tombs where like the terracotta warriors were um were buried and things like that like i would love to have been able to go around that before they were actually discovered and and just walk around and see what that looks like um but i uh i think the the place that i would least like to be is also one of the places that even with everything we know it's still the the one thing that we really have no great understanding of uh which is the event horizon of a black hole Ooh. um <laughs> uh yeah it's it's just a it's a fascinating place and i really want to know more about it um but i don't think it's something i'm quite ready to experience firsthand um <laughs> Just because of that, uh, the like there is a lot of great unknowns to it, but there's also a lot of speculation on what could happen, and uh, it seems like none of it is good. Um, so yeah, that's. But uh, we don't know. It could be glorious, Steve. It, it could be the, the, could the, be. the gateway to heaven. You don't know. It, the but, thing that always kills me about space is it, so much of it. There's so <laughs> much of it, and think about it. This is this is one of the other fear moments that I've, I've had when you get into those really crazy existential moments um, is being in such space, such an open area like outer space, there's nothing around and you can't do anything. So even if you are in some type of stasis or, or protected, you can't do anything. <laughs> You're just surrounded by stuff that you can't touch. And that's it. One You're just the, there. You just exist in nothingness. That is a fucking terrifying feeling. One of the scariest episodes of Futurama I've ever seen was the one where Bender had a, 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 a an entire world like grow <laughs> on his butt. <laughs> and but it was so scary because of exactly that he was just floating in space forever. Well, they kill each other, so he had something to do right, for yeah. a little while, and then they killed each other, and then yeah. he was back to nothing. But but that's the thing is like I think that's a really good point. Like that 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 is the the scariest thing. There's um there's a a graphic novel called uh, Lazarus Churchyard um, that's about a um, a guy that's becomes bonded with this living plastic polymer thing it's i can't remember the exact things around it but basically it makes him completely invulnerable and totally immortal um to the point where all other life in the universe is dead and like he's experienced the heat death of the universe and he's just sat there floating and like it ends on him basically just kind of going this is it this is forever 
surrounded by nothing. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like the <laughs> worst ending to a book ever because it's just fucking terrifying. Um, but yeah, that that's a lovely positive note to end on. Uh, <laughs> so is there any other business? That being said, surround yourself with uh, your tools and your friends and your family and the people that yeah. you like because nothingness is terrifying. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, AOB. Do you have any AOB? Uh, yeah, it's too late to do the zombie challenge if you haven't already done it. But if not, you've you got 24 hours. Go, go, go. 24 hours. Go. Um, yeah, and just check out people's entries. Um, go to Rory's page on Facebook. Uh, and I think there's a website as well. Steve will put it in the show. It's in about uh, February. And you can just check out all the awesome entries, people joining in, taking part in this community spirit. More competitions like that, please. Yes. Uh, definitely more like that. I think you can actually find uh, on Instagram, you can follow the hashtag, uh, hashtag DirtySmithZA5. That's it. Thank you. Um, I said Z just for you, Brett. <laughs> it's Z. <laughs> ZX. Uh, but yes, that is it for another week. Uh, we'll be back again next week. We won't be taking another week off, hopefully. Hooray! Um, hey, back to normal. Back yay! to normal. Back to tools and foldery and all that lovely stuff. Um, yes. yes, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Uh, exactly. Uh, you want to find us as a group? You can find us at www.fwtpodcast.com. Nobody says that. Nobody says www anymore. I know, but it's <laughs> just to distinguish between the website nope. and the nope. Instagram at. So, shit, fuck up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you can find us at fwtpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at fwtpodcast. And you can find us on Facebook in the Fools with Tools group. Um, this is where there's, yes, there's lots of lovely things going on there. Uh, and I think that's it. So have a wonderful spooky time. Ooh. And... Ooh. Oh, go listen to Keith Decent's latest episode. Go listen to Keith Decent's latest episode. From the ground up. Boom. From the ground up. It's the antithesis of potholing. Yes, it is. It's like zombies from the ground up. Okay, we love you. 